This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Rose Sampson Folk today here with a friend, my best friend in fact, and no it's not Louis Zatzman, although he comes close, it's my guy, my buddy, who I grew up with to some extent, Allegro Gale, here to help recap the Raptors' loss from 1986 84 to 76 against Miami Heat. Oleg, how are you doing today? I'm very good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be in this pod for the first time. So first thing I want to talk about is, let's just throw it to you for the first one. Your favorite thing about watching the Heat versus the Raptors, what stood out to you? It's the ball movement, man. You're just finding the right guys, making sure that there's like the rotations was a little like slower for the Raptors, and they really the, the Miami Heat really like capitalized on it. So that was really good to see. Yeah, my favorite thing is Bam at a bio, and anytime I watch the Heat, that's gonna be the thing I focus on. The Heat also making sure that they focus with him from the start, using him as a cog in their defense. And so let's address the big thing from this game is the zone defense and I'll swing it to you and then I'll have my reaction as well but 
the Raptors having a really tough time breaking the zone in this one. What did you see there? Yeah, from what I noticed was that um, it was really hard for them to break the zone through those entry passes, the middle entry passes. And uh, they weren't sometimes, a lot of times they were just being uh, either um, deflected off so it went out of bounds or it was just like OG getting the ball. Usually OG was the guy getting getting that entry pass and he wasn't as efficient as finding the right guys, finding the right um, find the right move to do, and uh, you just kind of slow down their offense a bit, and you usually got to like ten seconds left to do something, you know. So that's where that's where I saw things. Yeah, and so I'll talk about what brought the Raptors to that point. Is that a lot of the time the Heat were giving up penetration to one of Kyle Lowry, one of Fred Van Vliet, and that was where the Raptors' offense at the first part of the game was built on. It was attacking guys like Duncan Robinson off the dribble. And that's what we were looking to get from the Raptors. Like I said, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet doing a good job. The Heat recognizing that they did have a deficiency defensively with Duncan Robinson in particular, but they also needed to have him to space out their offense on the other end. He was a necessity. So instead of taking him off in a game where the Heat were also strapped for offense, they decided to go to zone a lot and to try and press the Raptors into making reads that they're not used to making. As a leg noted, OG being the guy to flash to the middle quite often. When when him and Serge shared the floor, they wanted Serge close to the rim. So OG would flash to the middle and they would press on him to make playmaking attempts. As Oleg noted as well, that's not something he was very good at. It was a new scenario for him. And the players all having a pretty tough time, even Kyle Lowry, even Fred Van Vliet relocating off of that. And so that started in the first half. We saw it in the second quarter where the Heat did a really good job of pressuring the Raptors in that way. But the Raptors being able to, you know, organize some offense, getting guys like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who are really aggressive going to the rim. Kyle Lowry obviously was grifting tonight. And every once in a while, he'll be good to create a really unique offensive play. Do you have any thoughts on Kyle Lowry in this one? Yeah, Kyle Lowry um, was pretty aggressive. And uh, I found it very interesting the way he was um, trying to find the guys. But um, at the same time, it was a little bit more difficult, I thought, because um the the rotations from the defense was a lot easier for the Raptor uh for the Miami Heat to get to Lowry and he couldn't get those shot off. Usually he would shoot a little bit early or like in transition he would just um he would just chuck the shot sometimes and and because he wasn't he didn't wanna get that set defense to come in so he would just kind of like get that off earlier. That's what I that's what I saw. Yeah, and his struggles tonight were part and parcel with what the Raptors were struggling with as well. And I'm dressing you, audience, not a leg. But that's that was one of the things the Raptors, they ended up going 6 of 42 from 3 in this game. And as a leg noted, the I guess the rhythm that the Raptors were having as far as jump shooting was off. That, that was part of the problem with Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, whomever. It was a consistent thing that the heat zone was encouraging in the Raptors that a lot of people who weren't used to shooting in those types of scenarios were getting the ball in those scenarios. Defensively, though, and maybe we should highlight this, the Raptors did a pretty good job on the heat. I thought they did a really good job of containing the defensive penetration. Guys like Kendrick Nunn weren't able to get off. And when we think of the highlight plays from this game, we think of dribble handoffs and triples that are being thrown from way deep from guys like Goran Dragic or Tyler Hero. 
as far as guys like Kendrick Nunn or Jimmy Butler eating the Raptors alive, that wasn't really the case. What do you think was the key to the Raptors limiting a guy like Jimmy Butler to eight points, a guy like Kendrick Nunn to seven points? Um, for me, it was uh, the ro- rotations for... Well, the rotation's a little slow, but at the same time, they have some pretty like cerebral players. So they're able to... Um, well, they're also really athletic, so they can uh, they can usually usually um, crash on the guys, especially on the in the paint. Since uh, Jimmy Butler likes to go to the paint, he doesn't really shoot threes that much. Uh, and um, at the same time, it was really easy to 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 defend guys like also Kendrick Kendrick Nunn because he he's a guy who likes to go who's athletic. He he likes to use athleticism and. Just the rotations in that sense, they were able to kind of snuff them a little bit. And uh, so it was tougher for them, but they found ways to get those like outside shooters uh, a couple of times. And obviously, Bam is like so good that he could just find a, re- find a way to either get a get a lob up for, um, for uh, Derek Jones or even get uh, some nice little little pocket passes to to the guys to get a layup or something yeah yeah and I'm, I'm glad you brought up bam because it was really a contrast of two different styles that well let's say the same style that the raptors a were comfortable playing and the rap and sorry the heat were comfortable playing and the raptors uncomfortable playing the heat very very good at slowing the game down working the ball inside out through bam at a bio who is an incredibly creative player at that, well, he didn't slot in at the center spot. Myers Leonard did technically, but Myers Leonard more of a five-out type center. Bam Adebayo working off the block, really a big presence on the inside, really good passing, really good screen setting, and disrupting a lot of the interior part of the Raptors' defense. On the other side, as like and I alluded to earlier, you have guys like OG Ananobi, Serge Ibaka, who aren't able to do the same type of things. And so what the Heat did successfully in this game, and this is the biggest takeaway, is the Heat were able to turn this game into a version of basketball that they were much better at. The Raptors, I know they went 6-for-42 from downtown, and that is something that you won't see very often. The Raptors, they can definitely shoot it better than that, but that really was a product of the way that the Heat played defense. And the Raptors trying to inject transition offense into this game, and the Heat playing really good basketball and being able to get back and really covering their own ass as far as getting their defensive rebounds and pressuring the Raptors on their own end. Mixing that, being able to pressure the Raptors on their own defensive glass and also being able to get back in transition is something that the Raptors have struggled with immensely this year. And I was really happy that I brought up Bam because Bam is the crux of this game that shows where the Raptors were weaker and shows that a guy like Pascal Siakam or a guy like Marcus Saul become really, really important for a playoff series like this because they Marcus all can shred his own from the inside if he flashes to the middle being seven foot one and being able to pass over the top of it to a guy like Pascal Siakam if he's healthy and to work on the weak side of a zone and get Pascal Siakam the ball on the block things like that something we might be able to look forward to but the Raptors in this one even though Serge Ibaka finishes with 19 and 10 having trouble to insert himself into the game and have a massive impact he definitely had the best stat line but in a game where the Raptors score 76 points and they needed Serge Ibaka to be the main focal point well that's I guess um, reductive to say it twice in a row but to be the focal point of the offense to only finish with 19 and 10 
is reminiscent of games against the Bucks last year where the Bucks really pressured the ball to Ibaka. He had finished with roughly 22 points, 10 rebounds, and the Raptors' offense overall would suffer. So the Raptors in this one getting a good punch in the mouth as far as their offensive ethos and trying to work the ball through guys like Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, but having that mitigated and taken away. What do you think about that for the Raptors going forward? Does that make them look at themselves in the mirror, or do they just look at themselves as an injured team who didn't quite have the guns to compete in this game? Yeah, I would think the latter because, well, Siakam, Siakam's um, absence was uh, definitely felt in this one. And um, those are the kind of things that Siakam will do rather than uh, Surge. So I don't expect Surge to even, like, improve as a playmaker or, like, or uh, be able maybe he'll be able to see what's what to improve from these games if he does film sessions <clears> on <throat> things like this but um i think that this is one of those things that um it's it's a thing that's not very important right now it's um it's it's not going to hurt them in the long run in the sense that probably Siakam will be doing this stuff more often and it's not it's not that it's not like they're going to take the ball away from Siakam more often but on things, uh, a situation like this where Surge is out, I mean, um, Siakam is out and Surge has to do a little bit more playmaking and stuff like that, it will be very useful to have him be a lot more um, better at decision-making and also make the shots that he's supposed to, like those threes and so many wide-open shots that he was supposed to make but he just missed. So it's just um, it's it's just a matter of, of maybe getting used to this type of thing because i mean they're missing their top guy right now so i'm not really worried yeah and in the second half as leg was noting is that the raptors adjusting to a type of play that you're not equipped to play or looking at it as you know a bump in the road the raptors really really having a tough time in that second half trying to score and the only way for them to get back into the game evidenced by at the end of the first quarter holding the heat to zero points over a full four minutes the Raptors were never able to get them back into this game through scoring it would just be every once in a while getting a layup having Rondé Hollis Jefferson flash to the rim especially in the second half having RHJ flash to the rim muscle in for a layup having OG hit a three felt like it was a godsend because the the scoring was so hard to come by in this game and the second half it looked like the Raptors might be able to pull back into this one their defense was really good in this game I mean Bam Adebayo is really tough to deal with he's a really creative passer from that hub in the middle just the way he creates space with his elbows with his knees and how he's able to use his body it's big time really and the Raptors did a pretty good job of handling all the cuts and all the split action around that but at the end of the day the dribble handoffs above the break really did them in and that's where Tyler Hero really closed the game on the Raptors and the Raptors weren't able to have that type of they didn't have an injection of shooting in this one like the Heat did, and that really was the difference. So the Raptors missing all their players, quite a few, well, Marcus All, Norm Powell, Pascal Siakam, missing a lot of offense. A guy like Norm Powell in a game like today would be really helpful to attack the weak side of his zone. He's a good spot-up shooter. If the ball gets swung to him, that's, you know, that's tough for the Miami Heat defense to deal with. In this game, you have guys like Patrick McCaw, where the ball is getting stuck a little bit. You have guys like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who had a good game coming off the bench, but his baskets in this game were really hard to come by. If you have a guy who can come in and hit threes, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, Norm Paul, all zone busters. It's the Miami Heat, they just really had a really great game plan for this one, 
And after they saw that Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry were able to attack mismatches early on, either in Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, whomever, the, the Heat adjusted, and that was the Raptors. Basically, with their current roster and having a game where you go 6 of 42 from downtown, basically couldn't overcome that gap. And that's, you know, that's the regular season. There's 82 of these, and it's tough to overcome that. But the Heat, kudos to them. They did a really good job of playing within their game plan and playing to their strengths. The Raptors didn't have that option in this one. The Heat did a really good job of denying the ball and being able to get the ball out of guys' hands like Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, and really pushing their zone outwards. It's a reminiscent of, I guess it would be Houston and Golden State in 2017, where you see the man-on-man defense. I know it's not zone, but man-on-man defense they're really paying a lot of attention to Harden and Co. So they're pushing them out way past the three-point line. So that's why you see guys like Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet in this game taking three-pointers from roughly 26, 27 feet instead of right at the line. And that does affect the shooting percentages, and that does affect the rhythm of the offense. So the Miami Heat defense playing much larger than we're used to seeing defenses playing, and the Raptors not having the right amount of weapons to compete with that. But any last thoughts on the game? Yeah, you yeah, you actually had it on the nose about the Norman Powell and like m- missing Marcus Hall as well. Like, those are guys that can really that can really help out with uh, breaking the the kind of defense that the Miami Heat had. And um, yeah, it's just a bummer that this time this time around they didn't have the right personnel to kind of fight that fight that and kind of punch back. But um, I, I'm not too worried because they'll they'll get those guys back and uh when it actually counts they'll be able to to make the right decisions and actually pull away with the win okay so let's just get this out of the way um the mitchell robinson award it, it will be going to kendrick nunn for beating his girlfriend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but alex got the reggie evans award and we'll be we'll be talking about that yeah i'd give it to um i'd probably give it to uh rhj because of his uh, ability to kind of aggressively get those uh, get those layups and dunks from the dunker spot and also trying to fight for those rebounds against the big old Bam. So <laughs> that's a, yeah, it was a tough one. And uh, he fought hard for this one. For the folks at home, what is the dunker spot? Well, the dunker spot is uh, is a spot pretty much in a baseline. It used to be called, called the short corner. So it's pretty much the closer the court the in a corner but closer to the rim and then uh usually you have that one step towards that dunk once you get that pass or that pocket pass when the when that when the big the defending big comes up for um, to def, uh for the help side so um i think the dunker spot is that's that <laughs> <laughs> that is it yeah so thank you for listening thank you for indulging us and there by no means is a a reason to panic regarding this Raptors game. The the Heat are a really disciplined team. There's a reason they won this game. They had a really good defensive principles in this one, and they pushed the Raptors to a place where they weren't really comfortable. Expect Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, guys like that to learn from this experience, especially the the former two. But the Raptors still waiting on a litany of guys to come back and especially offensive weapons who they need to have when defenses like the Heat, who are malleable and creative, can force the Raptors to go to secondary options. Having ancillary, tertiary, secondary options to go at a defense like this is really paramount to success. So the Raptors should have that in the future. This isn't a chicken little scenario, but thank you very much for listening. Aleg, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And to the listener, 
Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.